Once again, welcome to the Metro Minute, where if you're looking for best practices in public schools, you're in the right place. You're listening to part two of a series talking about social and emotional health in our schools. On episode two, Melissa Baker partners once again with another team member, Danielle Boheis, from Become Unmistakable. Melissa and Danielle are going to dial in on some quick suggestions on how to help our students with social and emotional health. So as I speak with educational leaders um, as of late, one of the main areas of concern is dealing with the social-emotional needs of our students and how we support our learners in the classroom. And again, that seems to be one of the highest priorities that they are expressing. So Danielle, thank you so much for being with us today. And I guess before we get started with some of the, the questions and information that, that you can share with all of us, if you could just share a bit about your background and how you began working with schools in the social-emotional learning space. Sure. Uh, I, I was, before coming into, uh, into Become Unmistakable, uh, I was a teacher for 10 years. So I taught in um, first and second grade for one year, and that was that was quite a challenge for me. Uh, and then I ended my career uh, teaching in middle school classrooms. And so um, when we originally started UMAP at Become Unmistakable, we really worked with organizations. And what we have uh, figured out was students uh, are, are just just as in need as adults for this need to connect uh, and maybe even more so. And so when we started working with a few of our clients who are school districts uh, in the organizational space, they, they asked us if, if we might think about doing this in the student space. And so, of course, uh, we drew on my experience from education uh, and my experience in, in building relationships with students, which is really what my background is in. Great. So when you're working with students um, as a teacher, I'm sure you have stories from students of need, even prior to what, you know, educators are going through right now with, you know, online learning and COVID and all those pieces, too. So I don't know if you have a story specifically that you want to share a little bit about, about the connections and and the ways that you met the needs of your learners. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I had a multitude of stories. I worked in a in a pretty um, high need, high needs environment in the middle school that I taught in, um, and so something that really stands out to me is, you know, I was really great in in the private school where I taught at building connection with students, but when I went to this middle school and I had 150 students come through my classroom every week, it became really difficult to really know them and, and feel connected to them. Um, I thought I was doing a great job. I had one student, um, a seventh grade boy who I, you know, he would come up to my desk every once in a while and and tell me funny jokes or connect with me at dismissal and tell a story about his family or something that happened over the weekend. And it was about November, um, right before Christmas. And he had mentioned something about a family party and his dad not being there. And again, we were super, I felt, you know, pretty connected for a seventh grade boy and I. Um, But essentially, he came up to me and said something about his dad not being at a party. And I said, um, you know, Abner, where where was your dad at this point? Was he working? And he said, no, miss. Uh, my dad was actually deported back in July. Um, and I've been working really hard to help my mom with my little sister uh, at school. And at that moment, I, I really had a moment of true reflection. Um, and how well did I know this student? Um, I, I knew there, I knew his friends. I knew where he sat in my classroom. I knew his grades. I knew that he liked jokes. 
but I had no clue for four and a half months of school that this was going on. And so, um, you know, that is really my passion is getting to know students um, on a level a little bit below the surface. Um, and so that is that is why we exist. That is how we work with schools, uh, teachers and staff to get to know their students um, and support those kids who have all these things going on in their lives that we know nothing about. So kind of a good lead in then. So in your opinion, what is the most important thing you focus on when it comes to the the social emotional needs of students? I mean, for me and and how we work with schools, it's really all about connection. And so I'll go back to my story and saying I knew a lot about Abner. Um, You know, if they fill out what their favorite color is or what their favorite show is or who they like to sit with in class that's all fine and well. Um, And we're really good at knowing that as teachers, I think. But what we really need to do is think about how things make them feel and hear from them um, how they're anticipating a situation going or um, a reaction to what's happening or the what what's keeping them up at night. How can we start to understand them at that deeper level so that we can tap into that as we get to know them and support them and apply the empathy that we need in certain situations within school. So it's really about that connection uh, and that that really strong connection and creating those opportunities to come really quickly within the school year um, that can really help us as educators support students in a little bit different way in terms of social emotional health. So with all that teachers have on their plates right now, there's a lot of balls in the air for sure. How do you you think teachers and staff accomplish all of that with all that's happening in schools right now? I mean, from everyone that we've spoken to, everyone is doing so much. Um, There's a lot of big initiatives in school um, to do all of these things around social emotional health. And um, I think everyone is doing the best they can and a really great job at that. Uh, What I would challenge is trying to make it as easy as possible uh, and really understanding that there are very small things that we can do. Uh, within the school day to make connections with students in these really meaningful ways. Um, And so understanding that this piece, um, the social emotional piece that some of us are losing because I did it too in the classroom, you lose focus when you're trying to catch students up from uh, being gone and all of the things that are happening in this world right now. Uh, But understanding that this social emotional piece is um, is the plate, is the foundation in which we are um, trying to build learning into and on. Um, And so I, you know, I I really would think modeling what that looks like to make connections with students um, is something that we can do a really small piece uh, that educators can do to help uh, students feel like they know how to connect to individuals in their classrooms. Because we were adults, um, we come into this space and we think, oh, yeah, it's really easy to make a connection. They say, oh, yeah, I like that color. Or, um, you know, I have that same uh, brand of shoes or whatever it is, super simple. But some of those kids don't have those skills. So modeling those skills, something really easy that we can do. Um, And uh, I think another simple thing that we can do while all of this is happening is to take two minutes at the end of every day to do this with my students um, and essentially practice positive self-talk, right? So another social emotional piece to learning is building that self-confidence. And I think 
taking two minutes to record something that they're really proud of that day, whether it's a situation with a friend and they didn't blow up uh, in that moment or how they handle a situation with a teacher or a missing assignment um, or it's coming to school on time, whatever those little things are, recording them. We did it in the back of a notebook. You know, this was, you know, seven years ago before everyone had devices in their hands, um, but essentially taking those, taking that time to write those things down and then creating almost a journal of those things. And every few weeks, look back to think about, to look at all of the things that um, they've accomplished in a really positive way so they can start building that self-confidence. So by taking two minutes a day, you can make a really big impact in those students' lives. So again, with everything that's happening in schools, I just want people to know that it doesn't have to be super complicated. Right. And I, and I think a couple things I would share, too, is um, a, a smart educator said one time, um, if you don't have their heart, you cannot have their head. So making sure that we make those connections and those relationships. And then the modeling piece that you shared is so powerful, too. So, you know, as teachers model um, in front of the classroom through their, their guided work and those pieces, too, um, that positive talk about themselves as well as sharing that information out. Um, The student you mapped, I've done a you map with you all too about my goals for myself um, and things that are important in my life personally and professionally. Students get to do that work too. Um, So ways again to to bring that positivity into the classroom and and model that. And then even those affirmations, self-affirmations, that they that you spoke about in terms of writing that about themselves as well as you know even peer affirmations too. So great, great ideas, Danielle. Thank you. Anything else that you'd like to add as we kind of come to a close here? Yeah, I think there's there's lots of different resources out there right now. Uh, and again, Melissa, as you mentioned, we have we have a software piece that students um, that you know that really guides students through that process of goal setting of seeking uh, some information about themselves and understanding how they learn, what keeps them up at night, some of the social emotional pieces that they'd like to share, uh, creating a really safe space for that to happen. So we do have um, a tool that we use with students, but we also have some great resources and lessons online. Um, If you want to look that information up on our website, studentumap.com, there's lots of free resources there. There's a couple webinars on there. Um, and a lot of our activities are designed to be done in 15 minutes or less uh, so that they can be uh, continuously built into daily practices or even weekly practices. So thinking about that and thinking about we also offer training for staff members, um, which is all based uh, in brain science. Um, so we can begin to understand some of those processes that are happening in our students' minds. So um, we're here. We're, we're cheering everyone on. Um, there's lots of resources out there. But my one piece of advice is to start small. Great. Thank you. And I I have to share, I love the resources and I I appreciate that you've allowed us to share them with so many of our colleagues and districts. And I also want to share that, um, Danielle, you you, you know, you did a great job with your 60-minute professional development session that'll be in our EdCamp 3 that's going to focus on seven of the social emotional learning strategies to increase and maintain positive behavior in the classroom. And your presentation, as well as others, um, are going to be available to our member districts March 1st through May 15th. So thank you for being a part of that as well, Danielle, and thank you for sharing with us today. Is there anything else that you would like to say in closing before we sign off? No, it's been great working with you guys. Uh, We look forward to to hearing 
from some of you and, and continuing our work with uh, districts from the Metro Bureau. So thank you so much for having me. Great. And as always, thank you so much uh, to our educators out there for all the work that you do to support our students um, during this critical time and supporting their social and emotional needs. Take care. Thanks so much for learning with us on the Metro Minute. This cast is powered by K-12 Media, always helping schools communicate with their communities. Our next episodes are a three-part series on the stages of being a superintendent. Episode one is perfect if you're looking to be a new soup or you're just in your first leadership role. Episode two will unpack what it's like to be a current superintendent, and cast three is gonna be looking at retirement for our school leaders. By the way, we'd love to see your comments or questions on this cast. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button so you're always notified of our up and coming episodes. Don't forget to visit our website at metrobureau.org for everything trending in public schools in Southeastern Michigan. We're so excited to see you next time for the Metro Minute.